shoes. It's a blessing having you all here today yeah. on this podcast. It's great to be back. Hell yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Ripe of Wisdom podcast. My name's Jose, and I'm here with my other co-hosts. Jesse. And Migs. And today we have the pleasure of introducing the amazing, uniquely talented, and my beautiful girlfriend, Mackenzie. Welcome. Thank you for having yeah. me. I'm really excited to yeah. be here. We also mm-hmm. have a special guest, my pup, Bouchon, in the background, so make a couple appearances. Welcome, Bouchon. <laughs> Go play with the stuffed landmark dog toy. Yeah. yeah. on the water bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, for, for anyone listening, this dog has a wine bottle that's a dog toy. And it looks exactly like the landmark bottle <laughs> of wine that you can buy. And it's the best toy. We're coming to you during the yeah. middle of harvest. It's a great vintage for California. It's kind of surprising growing season. Mm. But what do you think of it all? Mm. I mean, I think so far it's turned out to be a good year. What yeah. I hear from our production and everything. So. Mm. It's awesome. I know we got some small rain coming, but hey, you, know, you got to take what Mother Nature gives you. Yeah, it's a later and harvest, it's like a later harvest, which so. is kind of uh. weird for like planning events and things like that. Yeah, exactly. What was that style of uh, winemaking where you put mold? Is it Sautern? Sautern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get uh. your Sautern <laughs> fans. This is your weather. Yeah, <laughs> this is your weather. This is the best year to make yeah. some Sautern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at the tech sheet. See when they pick their grapes. <laughs> well, what are we drinking today, guys? I would rather pass this off to somebody else. Oh, oh shoot. Man, you know, I don't normally do a wine I mean, introduction. Mackenzie. But, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, okay. See? Since Gary that, Farrell. That's the, the yeah. most appropriate sure. person. Yeah. yeah. So right now we're <laughs> drinking the 2018 uh, Hallberg Vineyard Dijon clone. So this Whoa. is a Gary Farrell Pinot. Gary Farrell, so that's mm-hmm. what we're drinking today. Now producer too, out of the Russian. Yeah, Atlanta. yeah. Thank you. I gotta say, we're so spoiled out here in Sonoma County. Yeah, no, our wine's so. kind of awesome. The uh, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been to other parts and places, and I'm like, no, I th- still think we got the best wine here. Yeah, but I'm biased, so I I admit that. <laughs> yeah. I, I got a chance to uh, attend a party at Pinot Forum. So I love what's coming out of the Russian River Valley. There's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good Pinot and Shard. Well, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Mackenzie, and where you grew up. So I'm actually from Carmel, Indiana, which is a <laughs> suburb right outside of Indianapolis. Um, growing up, I mean, people in Indiana are close to their family. Okay. Not, I mean, I am lucky. I actually have a fantastic family, mm-hmm. but... Not very good wine out there, mm. so yeah. um, I think there's like one or two wineries close mm. to where I live. And would you say the weather is even suitable for like vines and vineyards, like, or is it a different kind of weather? Probably not the best ideal condition for yeah. wine and growing. I mean, it's snows. So okay, like yeah, the, the snows pretty. Uh, <laughs> that's tough to live mm. in. No ice <laughs> wine producers out there. Not <laughs> really. I mean, they can like try to do cab and chard, I think, but um, it's not like New York, Finger Lakes. Mm-hmm. Not much marine influence. Uh, no. yeah. So yeah, true. That kind of crushes it, but 
the wineries in Indiana are doing good things, and yeah. it's always kind of cool to try wine. And, and every state has their own wine region. And they all mm-hmm. have their own local terroirs. It's like, that's the region, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't beat that. So, awesome. How was it growing up in Indiana? <laughs> growing up in Indiana was fantastic. Yeah. Um, lots of good times, good people. You love the summers. Um because the winters are rough. Growing up there was fantastic. Mm. I remember visiting Indiana as a kid, and I just remember snowing. <laughs> and I fell into the snow because I didn't know how <laughs> deep the snow was. It was like a, probably like two feet. And it was, yeah, that was my first time. I'm like, wow, I'm outside of California, and it's snowing out of the elements. Oh. Yeah, I mean, when you're little and have snow days, it's like, the most magical thing ever because school gets canceled and <laughs> you put your snow gear on and you play in the snow oh yeah. no that's actually sounds really cool and just different from the way i've grown up just because the there is no there's snow no days. snow to play with <laughs> well i mean like, did they have a snow day this year because like it did snow this year i mean maybe some schools but yeah I, don't know, but. I feel like californians if there's like this much snow, it's a snow day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You get like a, a centimeter of snow and you're like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Mackenzie always talked about the rain and over here, like how, like a lot of places when it was raining in January and stuff like that, it closed like a lot of, like people didn't go to work and we're like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, us Californians, we don't know what drastic weather is. So when it happens, we're like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, man!" <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely the roads are not as safe if it's icy or something in California than they are in Indiana. Yeah, so <laughs> mm-hmm. like, we know how to handle this weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, Mackenzie, where did you go to college? Actually, I went to college in New Orleans. Okay. So, I went to Loyola, New Orleans. Okay. And All right. that was very, very fun. Uh-huh. Um, I love New Orleans a lot. It's a really special place. Uh-huh. You just went to New Orleans, I did right? just go to New Orleans, but I, I must admit, I, I can't speak for the entire city because I was only on Bourbon Street mainly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, you only get one side of New Orleans. So, Isn't uh, that the only place to be? Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Jose that to me it reminded me a lot of like a bigger version of Isla Vista. Because when, you know, when I went to school in uh, Santa Barbara, I mean, just party everywhere. It's like, yeah, that was a regular like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Isla Vista. Like mm-hmm. walked out Del Playa and just everywhere music you know (laughs) that's fun though yeah i mean what i think new orleans was one of the best places to go to school Uh in the entire country heck yeah (laughs) Uh i mean especially for college Mm -hmm. because college is supposed to be fun yeah Yeah. what made you uh want to go to new orleans or did you want to like stay somewhere else what was the story with that Yeah. what were your choices (laughs) so i Looked at college. There's a lot of good colleges in Indiana, and I looked at IU. My older brother and sister went to IU, Indiana University, mm-hmm. and um, they were both in Greek life. I don't know. And they told me they were like, oh, "There's a lot of bullshit that happens in the big Greek life. Mm-hmm. Like at IU, it's like a big part of it." Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, "I don't really want to do that." 
So I, <laughs> I knew a girl who went to my high school and I grew up and she was like on the swim team with us. And she went to school in New Orleans and it was a Jesuit school. So Loyola's Jesuit. Mm-hmm. And I went to a Jesuit high school. Sure. Uh-huh. So I visited and knew her and I was like, oh, Jesuit, like love the Jesuit education. It's uh-huh. like the whole education of the whole person. So mm-hmm. like they do religion but you also it's like more spiritual than just catholic point of view it's sure like buddhism yeah. and like you learn about all yeah. religions mm-hmm. which is kind of cool yeah the, yeah. yeah the jesuits are kind of like the more liberal catholics exactly. <laughs> in a way yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and i can yeah. there's a whole mm-hmm. stories on that because we had like jesuit priests in my high school who mm-hmm. were like in gangs and like huh. went yeah. and like became monks and like there huh. were yeah. crazy stories with them but wild that's yeah. a tangent that's a tangent so, back to the question <laughs> love that um, <laughs> yeah so jesuit i like the education and i ended up uh falling in love with new orleans mostly but i was like oh jesuit i mean mm-hmm. they want jesuit high schoolers to go to jesuit colleges sure so mm-hmm. i was like all right yeah this seems really fun and uh-huh. i mean it was a small school so it was next to Tulane, which actually they're like the closest college campuses in the nation. There's oh. like a road that divides them. And that's <laughs> like a bigger school. So it was like next to Tulane, bigger school vibe in New Orleans. Oh, nice. So right I was on. like, it's kind of the best of mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And going from Indiana to living there, like what was the, the, the culture? The like culture yeah. change? How was the, the food? food? I'm the, always interested. And what, in what were yeah. your impressions? Was, you know, that doing Cajun, that. So, Southern yeah, soul like the food. F- the food was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like shrimp and grits and like oh. all the amazing like sauces and crawfish and the spices, the Cajun spices. I mean, everything in New Orleans is like decadent. The so gum- it's like extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like they celebrate everything. And that was really, I mean, it was great. I love New Orleans. I love it so much. And I think going from Indiana to New Orleans, the food was a big change because it's like Southern. It was so different, but so much better. And like the culture too, the music is like. You had a big jazz festival or jazz scene down there. Yeah, jazz fest. Yeah, they have jazz fest every year. I've heard stories about that. Yeah, I've been like four times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Any uh, amazing acts you remember? Yeah, I mean, like they have a lot of old rock people. So I got saw John Fogarty there, which he's like older, older. I saw Van Morrison, Stevie Wonder, Snoop Dogg. Oh shoot! Um, No way. Yeah. But then they have all these, like, local New Orleans people. So they have, like, uh, Trombone Shorty and, like, all these really famous guys who were kids from New Orleans and still live there and have these live brass bands and, like... Oh, shoot. Heck yeah, yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty cool. And they have, like, the Mardi Gras Indians walk around during jazz festival and, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, so much culture. It's, yeah. It's pretty cool. Wow. Though I wish I could have seen uh, more while I was there. Because uh, we're only in one section of the city, basically. So, yeah. Hey, but you got to make the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have some good food out there? Or? Yeah, I mean, I had the... Uh, beignets? No, I definitely had yeah. beignets. Right. I had yeah. some uh the the crawfish. I had gator. Oh. Ooh, 
Oh, yeah. Fried gator. Okay, not gonna lie. Like, did you like it? Kind of sick. Yeah. Fucks yeah. with alligators. Tastes good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm saying this right now in public. I need to open Sorry. up my palate. Yeah, open up your palate to gator. It's like a lobster, it's but gator. <laughs> yeah, gator sausage. Like it's okay. Is it like a more gamey lobster? <sighs> it's, it's, you know, it's like I don't know. It's like beef, but like slightly more chewy and less of that like red meaty like kind of heavy flavor i don't know it's good i really like it mm-hmm. it's hard for me to describe it i'm not a culinary person but i can't really describe it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you yeah. just gotta try it it's an experience and, and, and then ask yourself it's indescribable indescribable <laughs> yeah and then ask yourself when it. you go to the local Molesbury's market if they sell gator you know does jacob sell gator well i was told that uh my friend uh, Ortiz could potentially stock up on Gator at Molesbury's Market. I was like, I'd buy a pound. Yeah. Or two. <laughs> yeah. Just to have nice. it on, on deck for, for to treat people to that New Orleans special that I had. So. <laughs> the delicacy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was good, though. It was good. So, yeah, that is definitely something that I'm like, I, do I pair Gator with a red? Like, yeah. Or white? No. <laughs> I don't know. I've never paired gator before. Yeah. <laughs> it's very exotic for if you've never like you know, had it before. So yeah, I gotta come back to this wine, dude. This wine is so aromatic. Yeah, this is amazing. It's pretty good. I yeah. like the Halberg. Sorry it's a nice one. The subtleties in Pinots. Yeah, this is one that I think I would pick up um, if I wanted to mm-hmm. kind of impressed with the wine and have a lot of people like you know what they're drinking like i feel like i'd bring this to a uh i don't know like a thanksgiving dinner or mm-hmm. you know something like that like this is really yeah. solid no, yeah um, definitely i got people in mind who i would bring to the property already yeah because awesome. uh they've, they've also like mentioned gary pharrell so now that i've tried it i can solidify it and yeah. yeah, you should go. <laughs> My dad's already a member. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Yeah, it's a really nice light Pinot, though. I think because Gary Farrell, they make their wines more acidic, a little yeah, bit in the slider. Yeah, our winemaker yeah. Teresa picks kind of early, and mm. it's kind of like oh. close to Burgundy. I'm an acid mm. fiend, so yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. the same way. This is okay same. with me. <laughs> like, mm. give me that acid. I like it. Thirteen yeah. eight. We this like our ass. Great job, yeah. Teresa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you crushed it. <laughs> so after college, you came to California. What made you decide to make that move? So. California dreaming? Yeah. yeah definitely California dreaming. Um, I had some cousins here, so that kind of helps anytime you move across the country if you have a little bit of family. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, I wanted to get a job in sales um i knew that because i was like i like talking to people and i like selling things Mm -hmm. and my dad actually gave me the advice during new orleans i went to nashville and i was like oh i think it'd be cool to get in the music industry and so i got a interview at bmi downtown nashville which is like broadcast music inc Oh, mm. and it was a sales job, but it was over the phone, and it would be selling music licenses oh, to businesses that didn't know they needed them. Mm-hmm. So essentially, uh. you'd be cold calling, 
and saying like, oh, hey, you play Spotify, you play music. You're basically yeah. being like, you got to pay the royalties. Yeah. So I called my dad. I was like, dad, Nashville, this was awesome. The office had like a big picture of Dolly Parton. It's in downtown Nashville. <laughs> it's sick. Mm-hmm. I told my dad what I'd be doing. And he was like, ooh, I don't think you want to do that. And I was yeah. like, he's a sales guy. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess maybe not. And he was mm. like, why don't you sell something? People want to buy. Uh-huh. He's a sales guy. So I was yeah, like, absolutely. Oh. I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. As a sales guy, look at and the numbers and what's, <laughs> yeah. what's the top chart in sales, yeah, he revenue, was like, this, everything. He was like, that sounds like a tough sell. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, okay, sell so many people want to buy. Like, So anyway, I was like, wine industry, and I dialed in on getting a job out here. And mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed the beverage and alcohol industry. So I was like, there's a lot to learn. I like the farming aspect. I like that the wine industry has every size winery family owned to corporate mm-hmm. so it's like massive business making the wine pop. farming hospitality mm-hmm. marketing so i thought there was a lot to learn mm-hmm. and i was like oh man you could learn about it the rest of your life yeah so. mm-hmm. definitely it hooks you <laughs> yeah. it hooks like you said it's a lifelong journey where it's like i'm in no rest because this is where i want to be and every yeah. year there's more to learn yeah, and if you get yeah. bored, you switch departments. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's how I feel. I almost switched departments, but I got brought back into production. And yeah. I think, think I'm at a good place. Yeah. I got a lot to learn still, but yeah. a lot more patience. You know, I, I will say now that I was cool about the wine industry. I was two years working in the lab. Next year, I was working in the vineyard. And I was like, oh, right on. Like, I get to wear multiple hats, and I kind of see how one affects the other. It's yeah. really cool, yeah. actually, and like unique about the industry that you can do a lot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like yeah, moving around because I mean it, it can be seasonal. It's like going in and out is like people almost expect it, you know. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since you decided to stay, what was your first job, yeah. and how was it like trying to find a job out here? Yeah, moving from Indiana. <laughs> so. I mean, I feel like tasting room jobs, everybody kind of needs help. That's why I was like, I did a communication degree and business minor, but I was like, this is a good place to get my foot in the door. My cousin drove me around. We were in Calistoga and I was staying at a horse ranch (laughs) with her because she rides horses. Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) It was different and cool. Uh And I printed my resume out and I was like, yeah, it's kind of old school to like walk in and be like, hey, I'm moving out here. Like, I'm looking for a job. And so I just walked in and dropped my resume off and at, like, literally 20 wineries. Uh Love it. Dedication. Wow. (laughs) So I ended up getting five job offers, which was cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But I ended up working at Robert Young and just in the tasting room. Is that that, uh, Alexander Valley or is that Alexander Valley, yeah. They're, like, small, family-owned. Yeah. And they're known for their cabs? Yeah. Or Zins? Chardon Cab. Chardon yeah. Cab. It was like they owned, oh my gosh, like 300 acres. And they're one of the oldest families, like six generations back in 
I oh, mean, shoot, yeah. The history is awesome. So That's right. He was like the first planter in Alexander Valley, wasn't that? Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, he was the first one to plant cab, 1963. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh shoot. Wow. He switched it from prunes, actually. So it used to be all prunes. Okay. And then he was the first person to try cab. Oh, wow. Wow. Nice. Nutty nice. professors. Trailblazer. Yes. Trailblazer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we would always drive past that winery to that, go, though, like, yeah. to, go like, to Dry Creek. Yeah, oh, shoot. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. knew what was going to, you know, Sure, you want to plant that? And his first 14 acres of grapes made more money than his 300 of prunes. Oh, oh shoot. So yeah. imagine being him like, and being you know like, what? holy shit, I <laughs> need to switch everything over. <laughs> <laughs> I like this problem, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does Robert Young still have some of those original planting? Nah, I think what they were doing, it was like 30, 40 years they'd replant. They've been yeah. there so long. But yeah. mm. For yeah. the business, because they sell 95% of the fruit and only keep mm. 5%. So yeah. for the selling business, it made more sense yeah, yeah. to have a higher yield. Yeah. To yeah. Plant. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, so then this is only from stuff that they keep for themselves? Or like, because you said they sell the grapes? Yeah, so, so okay. like... Robert Young Vineyards is a separate business, uh-huh. and they didn't start making their own wine till like, 1997. Gotcha. Okay. So. Um, that makes sense, actually, though. It's like that you would, I mean, because you learn when you're in the vineyard, it's like wineries will just, I mean, they buy grapes from vineyard growers, and they can have their own, you know, it's their own business as well to, to just grow grapes. Sometimes you don't know how to make wine but you know how to grow grapes it's a whole separate yeah. like yeah. mindset and then you know They're when farmers you, yeah, yeah when you get a good <laughs> farmer with a good wine producer someone that knows how to work with those grapes that they're given to make something great you get an amazing product you know and so, yeah so yeah no but it's cool that they started working on the just making their own label and they've got what they have now so mm-hmm. yeah they're, they've been in the game for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how was it working in the tasting room? Yeah. It I'm was. Sh- well, did you have any guests try to fact check you? I don't oh, know. yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. Those, those wine geeks. Yeah. yeah. Occasionally. So when I first started, I was really nervous and I thought everyone was going to be like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I like memorized. Yeah, I, I get nervous still too. Yeah. <laughs> I memorized. <laughs> All of it. I memorized, like, every wine, the percentage of the blend, and, like, the percentage of oak and all that. And my first person I hosted, I was so nervous. And they were like, so where are you from? (laughs) 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 But then I was prepared for the people that came in that were, like, grilling me with questions. Like, you get, like, sommeliers or other winemakers. And, like, some people asked... Like, technical questions yeah so i at least i prepared for that but the majority of people were just friendly and mm. i would get people from the midwest or florida or texas all the time and like going to college in new orleans i had friends in texas and grew up going to florida so it was cool to talk to people from all over because oh, i yeah. also am not from here yeah so yeah yeah i had something in 
them. Yeah, mm. no, that's really cool. Honestly, to just kind of make that connection. Actually, that's like a fair amount of the taste room. I think is just people coming from across to just kind of try something local in that area and have an experience. And so it's like there is the people that are real technical about wine. There's the people that just are there to enjoy wine with good people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I would say most people want to come out here to go on vacation. So it's like yeah. they're not like wine. They don't know tons. They just want to have a good time. And yeah. when yeah. I found that out, I was like, oh, this is going to be really fun. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, cool. You're just making people's yeah. day and memories. It's it's like, yeah. Yeah, you gauge yeah. the customer and you kind of just. Yeah. You know, yeah. Play, play to them. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. I love that about the industry, that they can be wholesome like that, you know, yeah. communicating with the That's a great introduction to customer. the industry, I think. Yeah. yeah. Tasting room. Mm. It's so like labor intense where you're like, mm. I mean, you might be carrying a lot of cases of wine, but. Yeah, occasionally, yeah. which I kind of liked. I was like, yeah. okay, I've talked to people all day. I'm ready to just like carry yeah. <laughs> some wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm done talking to people. <laughs> exactly. Like I've got, I've got a battery. I, I feel I'd say it's pretty big, but it goes down throughout the day. And it's either like I talk to people, and then I just want to do something without them, or I want to do some physical work, and then I'm ready to talk to people. You know, yeah. I want to yeah. like that's how it works. The battery runs down in that department, and yeah, you do other stuff. True. True. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any crazy stories working in the tasting room? Like any uh, cool guests? <laughs> yeah. So one time, well, first of all, a little history. They built a montage hotel near in Healdsburg. So it was like one of the closest wineries in the vicinity is Robert Young. Okay. So that probably opened, oh, after COVID, I would say, but like kind of during. So 2019. <laughs> And once that was built, we started getting a lot more high-end guests because we would refer through their concierge and they would book the appointments for them. And those people that stayed at that hotel were on the higher-end scale, Mm. which was fun for sales and very exciting time to be working at Robert Young. So Mm. that was awesome. But the montage people called me one day and I answered the phone and I was assistant manager at the time. So... I was like in charge the next day and they were like, hi, montage. Can we book a guest, a VIP celebrity guest? And I was like, sure. And I looked Mm -hmm. at the talk reservation system and it was fully booked the next day. And I was like, yeah, we'll take them. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what do you want me to put the name under? And Mm. the concierge was like Taylor Lautner. And I was like, oh, wow. Because when I was expecting VIP celebrity, I was like, yeah, you know, it could be like we had a guy from the Food Network. They were like Victoria's Secret girls, but not the big ones that came in. Yeah. And so I was like expecting like a name I didn't recognize. And when they said Taylor Lautner, I was like, (laughs) oh, I read the Twilight books. I was (laughs) like, oh, my gosh. Wow. I really know him. (laughs) So I was like, sure. So. I ended up hosting him and his girlfriend, also named Taylor, and Taylor and Tay, and Uh (laughs) turns out he grew up in Michigan, he was like, super nice guy, and we had a great time, but I thought that was pretty cool, being like, Mm. 20 
three and reading those <laughs> yeah. books or watching the movies with my friends, like Team yeah. Jacob, Team Edward. I was like, <laughs> after I hosted him, I was like, I'm Team Jacob now. But no, they couldn't be nicer. So, And they like the Saints, too. So yeah. I talked to them. He was wearing shoes that had the Saints fleur de lis. It was like NFL shoes. Oh, and he was shit. from Michigan. So I'm from Indiana. I went to college in New Orleans. And yeah. so we had a lot to talk nice, about. Nice, nice. <laughs> you guys like awesome. the Saints? <laughs> I was like, I yeah. love them. Yeah. I, I was like, I didn't know Taylor Lautner was a Saints fan. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a huge Saints fan. So, yeah, yeah it was like, for our listeners, just like, uh, you know, Taylor Lautner is the, uh, remind me. He's in Twilight. He was the werewolf. He's the Jacob. werewolf. Okay. And, yeah. But he also was on, like, Cheaper by the Dozen and, like, other movies when he was, like, a child actor. Right. So, yeah. like, he's yeah. still in stuff. Okay, so I know him. I yeah. definitely know like, him. Yeah. As a, At least yeah, as like a. Like me, I, yeah. I knew him, but, like, not everyone does, yeah. I feel. But, I mean. He had like five million followers on Instagram. Well, it's so like if you like, know about the Twilight series, then yeah, I, I just like for our, for anyone listening, you know, look that up uh, for who mm. we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not good with actors' names, so I just pulled them up right now. But yeah, I guess yeah, I have seen yeah. a couple of his films. Mm. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, yeah, you can run into some celebrities that are just out there in the wine industry again on vacation or whatever, just trying to enjoy. A nice glass of wine and the yeah. get know, away, get away from yeah. it all. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, for like, celebrities, it's like yeah. an escape. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, Kim Kardashian rented out Lo and Behold and Heels very glad on Tuesday, right? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's happening out here. Yeah, it exactly, is. Man. We're getting more traction out here, man. Snow <laughs> County, yeah. County keep you. telling people. I'm like, you mm-hmm. know. The, I mean, yeah, Napa's chill, but I'm a very biased Sonoma County man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come out here. I'm very much Sonoma County. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, when you were working at Robert Young, uh, you decided to get your MBA, right? Yes. Why did you decide to get your MBA? So, I wanted to do the MBA because Sonoma State had a program that mm was a wine MBA mm-hmm. and I always have always liked continuing to learn and challenge myself even when I'm working already so I feel like I was like oh this is great sure and Healdsburg I loved the people I lived with but they were a little older and coming from New Orleans I was like this would be cool to meet younger people like mm-hmm. go back to school sure mm-hmm. um and I've always liked business and I was, like, just working in the tasting room, so I was like, this might excel my career. Mm-hmm. And the biggest reason I did the program, though, is there's a trip to Bordeaux where you can do, like, a week of class <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who um, did that and said it was awesome. So I was like, I want to go to a week of class in Bordeaux. <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, that sounds sick. <laughs> and I ended up doing that, and... Graduated in May, and it was hard working full-time and um, doing hospitality and working on the weekends and events and doing school, but it was I think it was worth it, and I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Any advice you give to people uh, currently in that journey of balancing, you know, work and school? Yeah, make sure you 
prioritize taking care of yourself while you do both things because that's important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mental I mean, and body. You know, take care of your body too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like all of it. yeah. Because if you're d- doing work and school and have like double days, then it's important to make sure that you make time to yeah be good. So yeah. decompress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go get a massage. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I actually got a lot of massages during the time. And yeah. it, it was fantastic. You didn't realize how much tension's built up in your shoulders and back. My girl was like, you're so tight. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I know, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I'm stressed. I was like, I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere to put it. I just. <laughs> I was like, I'm super busy. Yeah. <laughs> don't even know. <laughs> uh, so you were still working at uh, Robert Young while you were doing your MBA program? Yeah, yeah. So I ended up starting in the tasting room at Robert Young, and then I became a manager in the tasting room, which was great. And then all of a sudden during school was like, well, I might want to try doing something different because I'd worked there for like three years, and I just wanted to switch it up. So um, I ended up doing a biodynamic wine internship where I worked <laughs> on a biodynamic wine farm. Heck um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that was actually at that winery awesome. Eco Terreno. Eco Terreno. Yeah. yeah. Where wow. are they located? Cloverdale. Cloverdale. <laughs> Cloverdale. Mm-hmm. Now that is not a city here too often in California. Or sorry, in <laughs> Sonoma <laughs> County. But let me tell you, you know? It's up there. It's still in the county. Is it in yeah. the county? It's right at the border. Yeah, no? it's yeah, it's right. It's right. the yeah. northmost part of the county. It's still technically there. Alexander Valley, right? Yeah, certain parts. Yeah, of yeah. so sure. it is Alexander mm. Valley. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, work was more north. Cloverdale's more north of um, in Alexander Valley, basically. Yeah. Well, if you actually like Eco Terreno, when I went to go visit, it's actually kind of close to Woodhock. Oh shoot! Yeah, no way. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the legendary Woodhock vineyards <laughs> are a very steep vineyard in that area. Yeah. <laughs> that only mountain goats can it's, climb. It's the infamous Woodhock. Woodhock infamous five. crawler. Yeah. Yeah. Woodhock block five is insanely <laughs> steep. It'll break your calves. It'll destroy you mentally. It sounds like you might have picked there or something. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Not many people get access to it, you know, but I had the opportunity to, yeah. the blessing to walk up and down those rows to, to pick samples yeah. from them. Right. That was the whole inspiration for our. Yeah, for for bucket for bucket. Yeah, for, for one of our releases. Yeah, the Woodhawk Five. It's steep, but yes, it's in Cloverdale, and it sounds like you Eco Terreno was pretty like in that area. Which now I know which sort of terroir area you're referring to because yeah, I've, I've been been there. I've walked some of those hills. So. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful though. It is really really beautiful like in the super, morning. Yeah, if you mm. look out. I mean, when you're looking on a giant hill. And yeah. you're at the top, and you're like, how the hell did I get up here? Yeah. It's beautiful. Once you make it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You make it up, and you worry how to get down, because you're like, it's so steep, I'm going to trip and fall. Like, <laughs> it's mm. beautiful, though. <laughs> I think that's an interesting experience in agriculture, and the farming side is biodynamics. Yeah. Mm. Like that's it's not 
conventional. That's like usually what people want to go towards at the end of trying techniques. And like you started yeah. off yeah. in it. Yeah, well, I guess like a hidden hobby I've always had now that you've heard my history and where I'm from is like the food industry and growing food and all that. So that, especially my MBA and going to France for my MBA and doing the week of class there, there was a big focus on biodynamics and like sustainability and sure. Yeah. different farming techniques. So I paid attention on those yeah. field trips and I've always liked the food industry. So that kind of led me to mostly want to learn about organic gr- farming, but more like growing food. And I actually got to work the farmer's market in Sebastopol for them. And I was actually not very involved with the wine. It was more like the garden and the animals but the biodynamic and the moon cycle and yeah, everything yeah, the moon that cycle. Mm. that really interests me. I've always liked astrology. Big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it might shock yeah. you, but well, um, like, that's how we first track time. Like you know, twenty eight and a half yeah. days for a moon cycle. That's true. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's how we created a calendar. Yeah, I mean, you got to start from somewhere, got right? Like beautiful yeah. stars. I and, love and, it, and go from there. Exactly. Uh, so how was the transition from, like, working at a tasting room like Robert Young to going to, like, a farm and also, yeah. like, completely different from your MBA, too, like, your business. Outdoors, yeah. You're working with yeah. animals. Yeah. So at first, working a physical job for the first time and on the farm compared to dealing with people and stuff, that was a big motivator of why I did it also is because I was a little overloaded with, people and hospitality so I was like you know what I'm gonna do something physical and learn about farming and learn how to grow food and at first it was kind of way different I realized I was really good at working when I was like sitting down but when you're working with your hands and stuff I found it harder to be calm like calm my mind at the beginning Mm -hmm. but when I was given tasks that Mm -hmm. were physical um, because it was out of my comfort zone sure and I got used to it really quick after like work starting at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. and like all that. And sure. I feel like um, it was something I've always like, I guess, been like a dreamy job, but it was really hard work. And mm-hmm. um, I'm super glad I did it for the end of school because that was also a very big contrast between getting an MBA and working on a farm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So doing them at the same time was very. I'm still processing the how different the two things are, like a farm versus education systems. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's almost like complete opposite spectrums of learning about life yeah. and like growing things and everything. But then the other side is like the education system and like structure and ideas versus yeah. like. But you're Natural. also, yeah, but you're also removed from like seeing things as it is, you know? And, yeah. And, and that's, that's why I thought it was strange that it felt so foreign and weird at the beginning because it's actually the most real thing that exists. Yeah. yeah. So, I had that same yeah. feeling when I was out walking. Coming from the city, how do you think I felt? Yeah. yeah. It's so, it, and it's weird because you have to get used to it feeling strange at the beginning, but then you start to understand this is actually this, reality. Yeah. 
and we're yeah. living in a different technology. It's like a different reality than what it really yeah. is. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Now the day to day is completely different, you know. So yeah, I think like the story that makes it like really real is like when you said like you had to force feed a chicken. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, the chicken. <laughs> yeah, the, the chicken. Story. We had a sick yeah. chicken, and yeah. she had a ballooned crop oh, so sure. I, okay. like the yeah. crop is on the chicken like where their like neck is basically yeah, it's that, like a little red dangly mm. bit yeah or it's like right underneath it's right where they underneath. store their food and sure. actually if you pick up chickens and touch the front of their like chest right there you can feel the food they eat which oh, is weird sure. and that's yeah. the crop so uh-huh. what can happen is the chicken get it gets sick and there's a name for it, but I totally for, am spacing right now on sure. what it's really it's called. It's okay. <laughs> but it's like a ballooned crop of a chicken. Uh-huh. And we had to, like, put it aside from all the other chickens and feed it with a syringe. And after that didn't work and it wasn't eating the food, we had to make the chicken puke. Sorry, this is, like, yeah. TMI. Yeah. But, like, uh-huh. the way you do that is you have to grab the chicken by its leg and flip it upside down basically. Uh-huh. And it like gets all the food out. Cause it might have like a virus or something or it. Yeah. Oh, it's called sour or something. That's uh-huh. what this mm. thing is called. But, mm. um, anyway, so yeah, we had to do that. And then I would go to school or class that evening and be like, none of this matters because I had to make a chicken puke today. (laughs) I was like, I I can't even process any of of what you're trying to teach me about Excel because I had to flip a chicken upside down and make it puke. (laughs) So like it it made the school stuff be, seem like so not important to like what is really going on. (laughs) But it was a great, um, test and challenge to like enter two different mindsets and not to mention work a job from 7 a.m to 3 30 physically and then try to get my brain to work for night class that night yeah so being like physically maybe my mentality right now is bad about the flipping the chicken over because i was so tired in class yeah i mean you were going off of that's why i'm like it didn't matter because i was just exhausted because i was like i flipped a chicken over today yeah (laughs) like tired take a quick nap or just like try to Mm. recover somehow you know like you take those quick uh Mm. Oh, about to enter the second phase of today go yeah. to school. Like, <laughs> yeah which just didn't seem real compared to what i was yeah, doing I exactly was like, this is just totally different but um luckily i was at the end of my program and i had great professors at the end who made it interesting so okay. yeah what right were some on. of your tasks or roles like you were in charge of uh at that farm so Basically, I was an intern who hopped between. We had a guy, Pedro, who managed the entire garden that was expanding. And then Tori was the animal girl. So she managed 150 chickens. Shoot. Wow. Um, I can't even take care of one chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had 150 chickens, three geese, four ducks. So it was mostly like birds. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like, but yeah. we did rent. Um, 300 sheep, which is like a biodynamic thing. Oh, shoot. Um, Renting so they w- sheep. Hey? They walk around the vineyards and they, they, do they, they just, eat the they grass. They eat the grass, right? Yeah. Kind of like a, 
organic lawnmower. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's actually the best. It's the yeah. best. I want to do that technique. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then they go to the bathroom, which makes more life and it's great yeah. for the soil. Yeah, yeah, don't that. you have to like raise the, the uh, vines a little bit so yeah, they you, don't eat the bears? Oh, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'll say, yeah, I assume you maybe need to corral them or something a little bit. We yeah. had a shepherd. Oh, actually. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I was thinking about this today. When I got back from Christmas at the farm, we rented the sheep, and I was working alone to feed the animals, uh-huh. and I hadn't met all 300 sheep yet. <laughs> and the shepherd was moving them around with electric fences he put up. Sure. And sometimes the sheep would knock them down. <laughs> and so the first time I'm back from Christmas and super tired, I had to work. I didn't even have a day off. I landed at like <laughs> 11 in SF. Oh, and no. I had to go to the farm to feed the animals the next day. <laughs> and... Fed all the chickens, and it seemed to be fine. I watered the plants, and I was alone, and it was me meeting the sheep for the first time, and they got out. Oh, shoot. And I was, like, so tired because I I didn't even have a day off. And I called my manager, and I was like, hey, the sheep are out, all 300. And I tried to go up to get close to them to herd them, and they all just ran (laughs) away. I was like, what do I do? And she was like, okay, okay, okay. Let me call the shepherd. (laughs) 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 And I was like, it's like 5 o'clock and getting dark, and I'm not a shepherd. I was like, I've never met all these sheep. What if they go on the road? I was like freaking out. (laughs) And so I waited, and this guy the shepherd came and he like rounded them up and put the fence back. They knocked the fence over, but I was like, I can't believe 300 sheep just got out and <laughs> it was only me there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, what oh do I gosh. do? Yeah, exactly. I You're just know like, what to do. Yeah. <laughs> never, never done yeah. this before. I was like, I'm, I don't get paid to be a shepherd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm doing an MBA. I don't know how to shepherd sheep. At Signorello, we I had like 12 sheep. Uh, one of my coworkers had, had sheep on the property. And even I thought that was a handful. I couldn't imagine 12. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I couldn't imagine 300. I, was like, well, I remember when f- someone would get loose or jump the fence and just. Yeah. Because <laughs> if one knocks it over, they're sheep, so they all follow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, man, yeah. oh, that's a story right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm too tired. What, was it more fun working with animals or working with in the tasting room with the uh, you know with people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever asked me that. I would <laughs> say they're rewarding in their completely own way, but it's way more draining working with people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost like emotionally needy, like just they need to be, yeah. gotta, gotta play into their egos a little bit. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Animals are chill. Mm. Yeah, animals are, are pretty chill. I one of my favorite experiences with. I mean, I never like I haven't done anything like actually like physical with animals in terms of, like animal husbandry, but I did love walking the vineyards and seeing the cows, and they were just chewing on grass. And then I would moo at them. I'd be like, mm, mm. <laughs> and then they would move back. Oh, and I'm just like, my, you uh, guys are so cool. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the girl Tori, who did the animals at Eco Terreno, she called. 
she loved cows and she called cows yard puppies yard. or like yeah. something <laughs> like that or like farm puppies or something like that. That's a great way yeah. to farm puppies. They're, they're kind of like dogs. They're just really yeah. big. Yeah, <laughs> just extremely big. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. will say, you ever near a cow? Like, it's one of those things where, like, you're like, wow, these are like domesticated animals, but they're so big. Like, if yeah. it if it wanted to, especially like the really big cows, they can just. Like move yeah. your neck and just knock you on the ground, and you're like, oh, what? Mm. "That's a hunk of cow right there," you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do remember like walking in the vineyards. The one thing that did scare me sometimes was like if there's like rattlesnakes or like yeah. the wild pigs. When yeah. we went to what was it, Red Hawk? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'd be like, I don't know, I want to be mauled by a wild boar today. Yeah. When at you see the tracks <laughs> at the farm, we had yeah. night cameras and we, mm. there was wild pigs mm. yeah and like foxes and we like watched mm. them <laughs> move yeah that's funny wow <laughs> mm. yeah i don't know what i would have done if i ever saw a boar thank gosh i yeah. never did but yeah uh, <laughs> you definitely saw the evidence of them yeah in the vineyards so how long did that internship last mm. so well, it was an internship right you yeah started? it was mm. yeah so i started in october it was supposed to end in march so it was october to march and then i ended up extending it to may because i graduated in may so I was like, that would be perfect to just line it up and get a new job. So, mm. Yeah. Um, which I'm glad I extended because it was it was hard work. Like it kind of gave me a little bit of credit there. Yeah. I feel like yeah. they were like, oh, Mackenzie, you blonde girl is gonna yeah. like extend. Exactly. Like, yeah. Because I worked with another guy who like was more lab, and he, I feel like I don't know. Sometimes people that decide to farm think it's like a dreamy thing and gonna be easy it was hard it's hard yes i think people that are in the wine industry who do it sometimes are like oh that'll be fun it's romanticized like and then get in and you're like wow this is hard physical labor it's hard and so (laughs) you're like who wants to do this like i mean seriously like (laughs) yeah yeah, it's tough physically it's tough yeah um but yeah i'm glad i extended i loved everyone i worked with and um yeah yeah, that's awesome. I'm a, certain internships can either like make it where you want to continue working in that, or you're just like, yeah, this isn't for me. Mm. The people were great. I was lucky. So, mm. uh, I I'm just curious because uh, I was actually recently talking to a friend about because I was like, oh, I I gotta get going. I gotta um, be on a podcast, and uh, we're gonna talk about biodynamic forms. And he's like, what is What's that? I'm like, well, I don't necessarily know too much other than uh, what I learned when I was briefly at the JC doing the ag program. And it's like organic, but I feel like it's probably more spiritual than organic. Organics is kind of a label. They bury horns in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like what's what's kind of like strikingly different or like kind of takes it away from organic, like. So, okay, there's, like, levels of organic in the wine industry. Like, I would say, like, there's first you start with sustainable farming, which most people are sustainable now. And that Mm -hmm. means you just are tracking your outputs and making sure you're not using too much water and all that stuff. Sure. But then you got organic, which is, like, CCOF, that's for food. I would say the next level, kind of, um... But then there's biodynamic, which follows 
it has like a esoteric application too. There's this guy Richard Steiner who created it, and it's almost like according to the moon cycle, which makes a lot of sense in terms of thinking about water and farming because people that follow astrology, I feel like might interested in it but it's like following the moon cycle is like the tides and the ocean is affected so sure. plants are like 90 percent water uh-huh. so mm. it's like if you're growing lettuce or something that's like majority water so sure. it's like mm. if you're gonna track your output and the good time to plant and stuff then it maybe would make sense to go according to the moon cycle because of the water oh like the moon controls the ocean it's like yeah, connected yeah, yeah. in that way well it's also interesting because it literally is like almost your time cycle and so you're just like yeah. oh i know and when the next moon's the up I'm yeah. planting. seasons and don't farming. even need to think too much about like you don't need to look at your calendar so, you just look it, at the moon every day yeah. exactly i mean yeah it can yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it kind of made sense to me that that would go according to farming because yeah. it's like the seasons are related to the planets and mm. what, where the earth is spinning and sure. the daylight. So it's like, why would the sun and the moon not affect farming, which is literally working with the rhythm of nature and cycles? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. sure. Yeah. It seems like it all should really go together, which is why it's so funny. Uh-huh. That biodynamics people say, oh, the cow. The cow horn. Yeah, so there's a biodynamic prep that you bury every October. You bury cow horns, horn silica, and you fill it with cow poop. Uh Mm -hmm. And you bury it, which seems like a funny, weird, witchy thing. It's like voodoo stuff. (laughs) Actually, if you really look into the biodynamics, what it is is burying that is like a probiotic for the soil. So it's Mm -hmm. like burying poop, which is funny, in a cow horn. It's actually like... But it's got a bunch of microbes. Yeah. Exactly. So you're actually putting life back into the soil and there's like one application of the preps that's like crystals but actually the crystals have a scientific reason where it mirrors off it and it's all like chemistry behind it which people give it a bad rap but there's more to it but there is a spiritual side of it i went to two meetings during my time there that were biodynamic associations and i mean some people who farmed that way and do the preps like they've made it like traditions and like their religion in a way almost like a cult yeah almost to be honest at these meetings people felt like they were like a church yeah like i was like how would you explain that because that's kind of interesting like uh (laughs) i think what i learned from people i met at other biodynamic farms since Mm -hmm. it's such a niche thing is you can apply that side of it as much as you want huh Which is kind of nice because it's like there's that support for you if you want. However, you can do it on the level that I would say we did at Eco Terreno, which is like more like practical applications. Like they just didn't want to use pesticides or like we used a lot of like neem oil. We wouldn't spray anything bad. Sure. Mm -hmm. And the vegetables tasted amazing. So it's like. No, yeah, yeah you're like, like it definitely, like, you're like, it, I like all it. I know is the results, and that's yeah. great. And like, with farming, you can see the results, like, no. wow. yeah, 
Yeah. Tell the difference in your yeah. phrase and your technique. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I do respect the um, the very sustainable part of biodynamicism. Like, uh, like that's why I enjoyed the sustainable agriculture class that I took was just for that idea of like you know trying to take care of whatever land that you do have. We gotta take care of yeah. our topsoil. Yeah. Like, like spring roundup too. And all it's oh, like you that. can tell a biodynamic or organic farmed place because it's more wild looking yeah because um, yeah. they're not killing everything so it doesn't look so pretty yeah and like a biodynamic place or organic has worms in the soil that's yeah. how mm-hmm. you know it's organic other places that spray roundup do not have worms because they are all dead yeah yeah so yeah. you're essentially killing life nutrients in the soil. yeah nutrients uh, yeah, and a whole system. Yeah. So sad. By f- and organic by matter, that. like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. life. Like yeah, that's why it's so funny with the poop thing because people like are like, oh, poop. That's weird. But like, actually, if you learn about the chemistry, it's not. It's yeah, like, well, I mean, it's like how you put like manure to like grow your vegetables yeah. and stuff like that. You need it. But on the uh, on the other yeah. side, yeah. I think about those producers who like, farm for twenty years with Roundup, <laughs> replant. Then just farm again 20 years with Roundup. I'm like, that topsoil is just so dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I also started learning at the farm about regenerative farming. And that's like taking biodynamics to the next level and not tilling the soil. So not tilling the soil, which is like using machines and killing the topsoil, keeps it alive and makes it more diverse. So like... Another thing to look into for listeners would be regenerative farming. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's having the animals walk around and, like, instead of tilling and using tractors and spraying stuff, and everything. it's, like, the natural way to do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I heard, like, if you got soil that's, like, ready to just have stuff grow on it, like, that black gold soil where it's, like, you can almost, like, just stick your hand in there and it's just, like, soft and there's that perfect amount of uh, organic matter in there. And it's just like that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. If you can yeah. get to it, you know, mm. like <laughs> that's where you can make the best stuff because it's like life wants to thrive in that soil. Yeah, you know? so that's true. Yeah. yeah, my year as a viticulturist thought so much more about farming and like organic and sustainable, regenerative. And I look at the grapes and like it affects the quality and like the wine after. And it all matters if you want to make like the purest form or the purest expression of mm. a varietal. Of a site. Yeah. And, and the purest form is not really messing with it. Exactly. Which is kind of funny. Not manipulating it, not yeah. adding uh, mega purple, not adding yeah. white grape, white concentrate. Yeah, it's just <laughs> working with nature, right? Not adding liquid no oak. Welch's grape juice. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe adjusting pH and that's it. Maybe yeah. some acid, but let the vineyard and the, the yeah. grape speak for itself. I could see myself. Going into vineyard and farming. Yeah. After a little more years in production side, I think uh, I think that's my next step. I don't know. We'll awesome. I don't know. It's just like so serene and peaceful out there. It, it is. It gives yeah. you energy, I it feel does, like. Uh, yeah. Makes you like calm. No, to me, I think it's just like you know, any job that I've worked that's more physical, it's just like I get that free you know, naturally made endorphin. And it's like, it's so nice because I've sat at a desk all day as well. And it's tough sometimes, you know, like it really, there's something restorative about being out there. 
I feel like walking in the vineyard and picking grapes was probably like the better experience at Silver Oak than working in the lab <laughs> and being in the lab. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> different style. Yeah. Know, different kind of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy though. Yeah. So you said you, you finished your MBA and Eco Toronto at the same time. Where were you looking next? Were you just kind of yeah, so still trying to stick to farming? <laughs> like we always said, you could just change departments. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, at Loyola in New Orleans, I majored in communication, and I feel like I kind of never used that at all. Um, And I've always liked photography because I've always liked traveling and going to New Orleans, and I studied abroad in Thailand Mm -hmm. and, like, food, music, photography, like, stuff like that. So um, I got an opportunity through one of my – professors actually because i went to sonoma state at gary farrell to be a marketing coordinator and that's more like email marketing and more in the office and it was my first time i got the chance to work a monday through friday since living in california and i was like heck yeah (laughs) yeah luxury um being in the office i mean that was another transition from farming i feel like to have an office job but i get to walk around and we have our production there and i take pictures of the grapes coming in and i talk to the hospitality people and get to talk to our gm's awesome she went to sonoma state my boss's boss is awesome she went to sonoma state so it's just good people and i get to take pictures at events and it's been fun Mm -hmm. i think it's a Good skill to have, like, digital marketing. Mm -hmm. I think it's, like, big. I'm sure it helps to, like, you've done these jobs while it's working in the farm uh, and then stuff because you can, like, go to, like, the production floor. You can go to, like, the people that are out there and just sort of, like, relate to that, like, yeah, yeah, we out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're doing it today. Like we're or, we're getting that. Or stuff like knowing done. what's a good photo to capture. Yeah, like, because you know is, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like the perfect capture. Like this is the perfect moment. It's like I want to yeah. make you look good here. Uh, like yeah. let me capture this for you. You know, the money shot of the grapes going out of the bin into the machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, when yeah, you get it's, you know cool. when you get the one like worker who's all like got that one shot of you know like them getting like you know you get that like heroic pose of like pulling the grapes through or something like yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. and it's beautiful what like production does like it's cool to capture harvest right now like them working with the grapes and like it's, it's cool to like yeah there every day on site where the production is and like i walk past it so mm-hmm. I, it's a great opportunity to mm-hmm. take pictures and yeah figure out what's going on <laughs> how has it been like working at gary farrell compared to robert young and eco Toronto, like doing social media compared to your other jobs it's been good i feel like um definitely different than like farming in the greenhouse and like seeing the seeds sprout physically Mm. and like Mm. seeing it like every day and watering them and doing that but social media is like in its own way like it's like a public thing so I can look back on my first posts and see my posts now and see like the development and evolution Mm. and improvement and you're like damn I'm getting good. Like, yeah, yeah. Better, <laughs> at least better. So, so right. Like, it's like in the same way, 
I can see the growth. Yeah. But on a more virtual level. But I feel like I was ready for that because I love everyone I work with. And I feel like the MBA set me up to like want to understand all the departments of wineries. So Gary Farrell's been perfect. He'll be able to see hospitality, see events, see production. Like, and it's kind of more of an overall like way to connect yeah. with people and yeah. get to know people. And I love everyone I work with. Heck They're yeah. great. Mm. And our winemaker awesome. is awesome. Teresa... Um, she is like very unique and like, she just does a really good job and is down to her. She's been there 11 years and she's Latina. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Right. right. Nice. Yeah. So, and female, <laughs> like a, a female wine, Latina winemaker. She's like a very, like, she's like a pioneer in oh. being a winemaker. So I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, well, that's freaking awesome. awesome. More of a reason to go out there now. Yeah. 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 Also, the wine we've been drinking is exceptional. Yeah. So, this is. Uh, this second wine actually is a landmark wine. Yeah. Oh, wait. The second one? Yeah. yeah it's is, a it, hop is this kiln. the Hop Kiln? Yeah. No wonder I'm getting such nostalgia vibes here. <laughs> this one's good. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Which year is it? Did this we make a, this one? This is actually an unreleased from our current bottle uh, oh i like that jesse yeah, i like those exclusives you know me you know me like that bro you know i like those I exclusives i'm not trying to get stuff that's on the market i'm trying to get stuff that's hidden in the back corner mm-hmm. like <laughs> was this still made by brad 2022 right was this a brad vintage yeah, brad definitely vin- ha- helped out a lot in that vintage yeah. um, okay yeah, definitely was there for like some final blends. So, um, <laughs> nah, it's good wine. Uh, I personally like the estate a lot. It's a lot more like fruit bomb than the Gary Farrell. Yeah, I think, uh, but, uh, I'd, say, I'd say a little bit a lot more, more riper, like blue fruit instead of a, yeah, instead mm. of a black fruit. We say less acidity. I don't, I don't know. Uh, or, or similar? Yeah. Oh. Similar, maybe. I don't know. Me neither. <laughs> I like the wine. (laughs) And let me tell you, I taste berries, so (laughs) I know this is a wine. (laughs) I I did save a little bit of the Gary Farrell just so we could see how it opened up. Oh, yeah, nice. I'm always curious to see how wine opens up in in an hour or two. True. Mm -hmm. I I, I need to start doing that more. Let it sit for a bit, see how the oxygen acts with the wine, (laughs) you know. Because you are getting that little bit of extra What's their DO level? <laughs> yeah, well, because sometimes yeah, it's The good. DO level? It's not yeah. bad to have oxygen, you know, until oh, it gets well. too bad. Then, 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 you know, too much acetic acid. But, like, mm. other than that, like, <laughs> airing, aeration is good. Just not yeah. too much. No, it's still a tight Pinot. You know? I mean, 2022 is so young. Yeah, it probably won't get released for at least a year. No, really no, good. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. say like mm-hmm. early, early Pinot for Hopkiln though. I still take it. Hopkiln's yeah. got some some good stuff. I don't think we made it the are you right 2020. No, we yeah, only like made, it uh, got smoke tainted. We only made like yeah. Deerberg Santa Barbara that year. Yeah, yeah. I'm very sad that we didn't get to work with the Hopkiln, but. I'm also glad that we didn't because it was a slightly easier work. Because <laughs> we, did, we didn't have yeah. all the what I heard about like how much we get from Hopkill, and I was like, oh shit! So I guess it was like even though it was like still a hard harvest, it was like because of the fires and all that. 
It was definitely would have been a different so, kind of harvest if yeah. Hop killed. So funny, dude, like looking at it like from the scale of corporate and small. The most we could process in a day is probably like thirty tons. Huh. And that's, a, and that's a full day for us because we're doing like everything small, hand, yeah, yeah. ton bins, fruit sorting, and so yeah. At Gary Farrell, they said they got like three tons one day, and they were like, "It just sucks getting all the equipment dirty with that." Yeah, because we could do like twenty, so much more. <laughs> like, yeah, because then because the cleaning still takes equal amount of time exactly yeah exactly so it's always the same amount of time no matter how much because it's yeah. the same amount of time to clean it exactly. <laughs> so yeah they were like they were like god this is just like slow because they're getting like not a lot it's yeah the growing year you know it's they the, go the they cool process growing it, year. and then it's hurry up and wait <laughs> you think so well, gabe told me that like his garden had a terrible yield oh uh, he yeah. said it was like super low but that doesn't make sense because Peggy's garden. Yeah, well, Peggy knows what she's doing. No yeah, what. true. So, like, <laughs> Peggy yeah. doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying Gabe doesn't know what he's doing? <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know. We're all learning on the garden. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. No, I am. Yeah. I got to cover my plants on Mondays. So oh, yeah. Happy years look good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I got to show y'all a video later. Yeah, I know. I want to see the yield. <laughs> <laughs> Our harvest was weak. <laughs> we hit the rim. We hit the rim. What we like to talk about, what we like to do outside of wine. And that's yeah. Good. So, as much as we love wine and we love working in wine, I think that's cool. We mm -hmm. got to have some other hobbies outside of wine. Yeah. Mm. We know that you really like traveling and we wanted to ask you about, like, your time studying abroad in Thailand, and how was that? Thailand was awesome. I ended up studying abroad there because a lot of people I knew went to Europe. And I was like, ah, I kind of want to do Europe when I have more money and mm. I'm not in college. Like, I feel like it'd be fun to do Southeast Asia. And, like, I always liked Eastern religion and Eastern religious thought and been intrigued and love japanese culture and i was like mm. intrigued on all of it so in the food of course the yeah. food so yeah i went to study abroad in thailand it was my senior year and i stayed in bangkok and i got to go to vietnam singapore laos cambodia i went to japan but like very quickly i wouldn't count it <laughs> mostly i would say it was an experience that made me, like, learn a lot and grow a lot. And it enlightened me on the food system in the world because these countries didn't have as much money as America and mm -hmm. they had access to, like, local fresh food for, sure. like, very low. Like, in Thailand on the street, you could get, like, fresh fruit on your way to class. And I was like, why doesn't that exist? In, like, America, yeah, where like we pay world. so much for, like, healthy food. I was yeah. like, that's weird. Um, mm -hmm. But it was a great experience. There was yeah. some crazy stories. I don't know if you want me to go there. <laughs> like, getting... Maybe one? Yeah. Yeah. Th maybe the highlight, I would say, would be going to this country, Laos, and 
it was the day before my 22nd birthday and we rented bicycles and we were bicycling up a mountain in this town where we went there just to like go on this tubing trip because we heard it was fun and it's like (laughs) hiking and all this stuff so I was there and with a bunch of friends and I was biking up a mountaintop for sunset and I was wearing like a crossbody bag on a bicycle and I got robbed so these two guys on a motorbike came up and like had a knife and like crop like slashed my crossbody oh bag my like mm. off off of me and looking back I was like kind of like wearing a colorful dress and I feel like it was just stupid <laughs> like mm. looking back I was were staying, a target. yeah like I, I, I had zero <laughs> idea about that but um I was staying in a hostel and the best thing ever is that I left my passport and my laptop at the hostel because oh, everything clutch. else I owned, uh, it was in was a locked gone. locker there. Everything else I owned was in my bag. Yeah. And that was like, I was in a photography class. So it was like my camera, my wallet, like my, all my IDs, everything I had, my phone, like you uh, name it, everything mm. I had to me in Thailand was in my bag yeah. other than <laughs> my passport and my laptop. Uh-huh. So to make this story shorter, I, ended up being able to track my iPhone. So someone with me, I said, hey, I have find my iPhone. So we went to the tourism police and we tracked my iPhone. And the tourism police in Laos were like, not really real. Like Mm -hmm. the guy wasn't wearing clothes and like he put a t-shirt on when I was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like an island. Like it felt like an like one of those islands you go yeah. to in like a small airport and like not real. Yeah. Like they're like, we don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. So like this ha- probably happened all the time. But I'm there at the tourism police, and I'm like, come on, let's find my iPhone. Let's go. Let's follow it. And the dude's like, hold on, let me put a shirt on. <laughs> and he's like walking around. <laughs> he like puts his shirt on very slowly, and I'm like, "Come on, I like see where it is. Let's go. Let's get it." And he's like, "Hold on, let me get the truck." So like he pulls the truck up, and they end up like, I'm there with my friend from France. Uh, she's from Belgium, and I studied abroad with her. She was a great friend. And then this tall, white Canadian guy, Josh, mm-hmm. and he was like. Six five and like oh, they, they, it was a pickup truck. Yeah. So we end up going. They plug the plug like a burner phone in to get Wi Fi to track my phone and and like there's two guys and they're not wearing uniforms and they have guns and I'm like <laughs> sitting in the back of this truck. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to find my iPhone. Like, right please, can we? And I'm, I, at this point, I really regretted going to the police. Where's the they, ops at? Yeah, they were not police. So down the way, like, you don't have to include this, but the guy was like, are you single? I was like, no. But I, I was. I was like, ooh, gross. And then he was like, can you reimburse me for gas money? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, we're about to like show up somewhere and this guy is like not trustworthy. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm like, okay, this is bad. We should not have searched for my iPhone. Yeah. So we end up in Laos going to this like it's like a village. 
And um, I'll tell you what I learned at the end of this. But we end up in the pickup truck. They tell my friend Josh, who's Canadian, to lay in the bed of the truck because if they see a white person, they'll know that we were looking for my stuff of the people who robbed me. So it ends up we stop and it's dark now. And the guy who took us there had a gun and he is like, okay, okay, be really quiet. We're going to go like find your phone. And I'm like, okay, we're going to stay in the car. And some guy hits the back of our truck on a motorbike and just hits it. And we're like, wait, what the fuck is that noise? And the guy gets out and he questions the guy and he looks in his wallet and probably points the gun at him. I'm in the truck at the time. And he's like, hey, hey, we found the guy who stole your stuff. Like he had this much Thai money. He had this much Lao money. He had this much American dollars and it like added up. And I was like, perfect, let's go. So we didn't go. So apparently that guy goes away. I don't get my stuff back. We keep driving closer to where the find my iPhone was and we get to the village and the guy goes by himself and he's like, Hey, like come with me. And I'm like, okay. So I go with the guy and he like has this guy handcuffed on the ground. And he's like, was this the guy that took your stuff? And I was like, dude, I was on a bicycle. I don't remember what their faces looked like. They were wearing helmets. Yeah. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, oh, God. Uh-huh. I don't know. And there was, there were wild guinea pigs there oh. um, running around. And uh-huh. I was like, wow, that's different. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like this is wild. Like, yeah. like, what? I was focused on the guinea pigs. I was like, wait, what? What's going on? And then whatever the guy i was like i don't know it unfolds and then he takes me in a room where there's a girl handcuffed to a chair and she looks at me dead in the eyes and spits on the ground and i'm like what and he's like she has your phone and was this is a methamphetamine ring that we just busted and we're, she was cooking meth with your iPhone. And I'm like, what? 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 So, okay, the tourism police, this is what I figured out. I think the tourism police robbed me from the guy that initially hit the back when we got to the place. I yeah. think he took the money and pocketed it because he found it. And then... That was the guy. And I think he brought the phone back to the village. And he robbed the tourism police, I think, robbed me again. And he ended up, he's not really a real police guy. So he ended up taking the girl and the guy to the real police there and being a hero because he found like an actual crime (laughs) by (laughs) me leading him to it. Because I did find my iPhone. Oh my God. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I never got anything back. And the tourism guy was a hero because he like actually busted a crime. And then he robbed oh. me again, I think, because I never got anything back. What? And once I was there, I was like, we should not have come here. And the moral of the story is 
I felt like, wow, I need to be more aware about the whole world and what's going on and that people steal things to support their family when they don't have as much as I do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah. I've, I've been watching videos of tourists get robbed in San Francisco. Really? It's been coming. It's been getting worse. Like tourists just get, you know, from the airport, go to the beach. Fifteen minutes later, got their suitcase, everything stolen, passports, medication, and they're just like, we don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't think you were there at Gunlock anymore, Jesse. But like, I remember me and Paz had to help out one of the girls because her laptop got stolen in San Francisco, and they broke into her car. And me, Paz, and Panchito, we had to, like, clean out. We helped clean out her car, oh, all the glass, all the glass and, glass shit. and shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. What you say? You can't have nothing nice in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll, like, they'll take it from you or they'll make you rethink about it. Make you rethink mm. it. Put that sign up on your car that says, please, I have nothing. Don't mm. break the window. Baby. You got like, to put your seats down, the back seat down. <laughs> mm. Leave your windows cracked open. You're like, dude, if you want to stick your hand in and unlock it, go ahead. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't break my window. Just <laughs> people do that. They make it's, signs. It's messed. It's yeah. like, I've I seen have signs. nothing. It's like, like, it's like don't, don't bother. break my window because don't bother. There's nothing in here. Like, yeah. mm. I'm literally leaving you an open car. Just take anything you think is valuable here, but you won't find much. Yeah. <laughs> I like still need to drive this tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Mm. yeah. It's fucking makes, rowdy ass shit. Uh, but then it also like, just makes me like realize like there's crime and theft, like you said, everywhere you go and just be more aware of. Mm. Yeah. You never know who's who's lurking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it's like, and that situation is just crazy. That is like, a very crazy yeah. situation. Yeah. I mean, you had your passport and your laptop, so I assume you were able to somehow find some way to get home, right? From that. Yeah, like yeah. if I didn't have my passport, I uh, would have been stuck in God. the country. Mm, yeah. Laos, <laughs> yeah. I would have like, yeah, it would have been bad. Mm. No, so I mean. The blessing right there. Uh, yeah, know. like I was lucky in the grand scheme of things. So. Yeah. yeah. But shoot, that's a wild story, you know. Mm. <laughs> I said just be there. It's it happens everywhere and it's out there. So yeah, yeah. Gosh, we have uh, touched up on a, an incredible wine journey, a lot of hobbies and travel experiences. Uh, we well, we'd like to finish these episodes with uh, quick hitters, kind of like everyday questions. Mm-hmm. Just to get to know you a little better. Um, or we'd like to start off with, do you have a favorite wine grape or style? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I would Cabernet Franc, 100%. Oh, oh shoot. Cab Franc. My favorite. Yeah. It's making the come up. You know, I hear a lot more about Cab yeah. Franc these days. At least I feel yeah. like I have that funky. <laughs> I like it. I feel like it's the, different, but it's tannins. not as bold as yeah. Cab. So like it's. Feel like it's like a little more lighter too. It's like rounder. It's like softer tannins. Yeah. Mm. Although farming is different, is more difficult than like caps off. So that's why a lot, a lot of producers don't like to plant it because it's more passive. It's more vigorous of a canopy. And oh sure, it's yeah. More maintenance. Mm. Yeah, more cutting. <laughs> more, more labor, more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you have a favorite region of Cap Franc? Or like, have you tried some from the Loire Valley? Yes. When I was in Bordeaux, I got to go to Cheval Blanc. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Chateau Cheval Blanc. That's probably the best Cap Franc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's Ooh. an experience. How was that? Dream come true. Because, like, we were there and we were with a bunch of French students and they were like, oh, it's it was this on premiere week and my fr- professor knew this guy named Pierre Lerton who, like, runs it. And mm. he, he was, like, fangirling over this guy. Like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Pierre yeah. Lerton? Yeah. He's, like, a super famous, like, he's always been at Chateau Cheval Blanc and he's, mm. like, a big deal there. Oh, so, shoot. No. Huh. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Wait, is this also where you tried the Sauterne, like the Berthier Sauterne, or was that another um, winery? That was like Chateau Girard, mm. so that was a different spot. Um, but the Sauterne is really good, too. Mm. Is that the moldy wine? That's yeah. the moldy wine. <laughs> I'm yes. telling you, moldy <laughs> wine. Any, yeah. any Sauterne growers out there, I'm telling you now, this is... Your year. Monday, you better be praising the rain. Well, I mean, because we did, we did try the Vin Santo. I feel like we should try a Sauterne here soon. We should. No, I, yeah. have, a, I have a Sauterne I can bring in. Yeah. It's not, it's sweet. The it's blue cheese of wine or what? Yeah, I mean, like, it's good. But it's, it's like it, the creme brulee of wine. The creme brulee. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, okay. Paired with a goat cheese salad. That's right. Or with some pate. Oh, that sounds awesome. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Man. Do you have favorite alcoholic beverage uh, outside of wine that you may go to from time to time? I like uh, Bucket Blends Mead. Oh, shoot. Say shout out. Say less. Delicious. Fantastic. Um, that's a plug that's outside of me saying it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I I happen to know the guy that basically makes it, like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's sitting right here. (laughs) His name is Miggs. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. um, The... I mean, besides those two, which are, by the way, the pinnacle of the alcohol industry. (laughs) um, I'm still on the wait list. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there any other beverage that you enjoy that hits around that spot, you know? Yeah, I I really like cider and hard kombucha. Yeah, hard kombucha, yeah. Yeah, if I'm at like a concert or something, like I feel like those are good. Yeah. Is there like a specific type of hard kombucha or just like any kind? Oh, or is there like the, the one bo- that you go Boochcraft to? Boochcraft is good. Boochcraft? San Diego, they make it yeah. there. Okay, um, nice. I'll have to check I that like out. the whale one. I don't, don't, I think it's called whale bird, maybe whale something. It's oh, really yeah. Good. From Slow? Yeah. 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 That one's good. Sick. Mm. All right. Well, put that on the list of things to try. I, You know, kombucha to me is kind of a little bit of an acquired taste, but I have yeah. tried it. My mom makes her own. I have um, tried I, it. I will too. at least, I will try it again because I've you never know. tried the alcoholic version. I've only tried regular. Yeah. Well, really if you good. ever want some whale beard, yeah. my sister always goes there. I actually have a growler of it over there. Shut up. Well, I mean, that, not, 
It's empty. Oh, I need, okay. But I can refill it when I yeah. go to slow. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. Bring some back. I'd like to try. Yeah, it. yeah that sounds pretty mm-hmm. good. So, all right. What's your favorite band or musician? Mm. Tough, tough question. I would say. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Love like Fleetwood Mac. Um, yeah, nice. In terms of like artists, I would say Florence and the Machine is probably my favorite. Oh yeah. What kind of style of music is that? It's like singer songwriter, like band, like rock. Nice. I would say, um, but Florence Welch is like the main girl, and I just like love. She also like writes like books and like poetry and yeah i like the singer songwriter yeah shoot all right put that on the radar then yeah and do you have like a favorite wine memory like a bottle you drank or worked on yeah i would say robert young one time i got to work production with matt our winemaker and i stomped on the with my feet, the Did twenty, the twenty nineteen Cab Franc. Oh, so nice. when that came out, <gasps> oh wow! Yeah, I the, said the in the, at the tasting room, I was like, yeah, you know, like my feet were on this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I don't know That's if it helped wild. with sales or what, but I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool because yeah. I like the Cab Franc. <laughs> Did you get to drink the twenty nineteen? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy though, because I have heard about that. Like that's the traditional style, yeah. right? PGS. Small production, all oh, very small production. I right? actually got like, to stomp a, uh, a ton of uh, Cab Franc grapes last year, so kind of crazy, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I had a good time. It's like a spa, <laughs> yeah. Feet. Like it feels really good. <laughs> I felt privileged to be up there. Like man, people have been doing this for hundreds of years. Yeah, it's kind of cool. (laughs) The traditional pressing method. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think that's the only way Bucket should make their wine. Oh, no. um, (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to see about that. (laughs) (laughs) There's hieroglyphics of like people stopping. I mean, it's ancient. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, though. Yeah, I've heard about it, but to have someone firsthand tell me they've done it is crazy. Yeah. I'm like, wow, yeah. it actually does happen. Yeah, so yeah, I took a video. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I show you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, because I was going to say we should have a label stomped. Stomped? Yeah. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> Just stomped. <laughs> One liner. Stomped. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can't get on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Future bucket label income. <laughs> <laughs> Are is there a favorite TV show you've been watching or something like that? Movie or, or you know, maybe even a nice podcast. Who knows? I mean, um, TV show. I recently finished this show called Sex Education on uh, Netflix. Shoot. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, is it what the title's about or is it a, like a sitcom? <laughs> uh, it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. But um, it is what the title's about. Favorite advice you've ever been given? The recent advice that comes to mind is my capstone professor for my MBA said, you know when you're driving a car and the rear view mirror is so small 
but the front mirror is so big. He's like, because you're supposed to look forward. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. don't spend too much time worrying about the past or the it's little a, rear view mirror. Like, it's okay to glance. Yeah, it's okay to mm. glance. You need to know if a cop's pulling you over. Or <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, hey, look like, left yeah, and right. Like, like, yeah. don't, don't mess up. Make sure you're on it. But um, <laughs> what I really those li- bikers like <laughs> those really high beams telling that. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, that's really cool. I mean, you should spend as much time as the mirrors are big exploring like, what you want to do next versus being too critical of what you've done and stuff mm. so i thought that was really cool i'd love to be doing that a lot more and, yeah. and keep doing that too you know so yeah because if you're looking forward sometimes it's like well you don't have to have a destination <laughs> you can like yeah. Yeah. get lost or yeah. figure out where you're gonna go or dream about what's next and True. It's yeah. there's a lot water. of exciting things mm-hmm. ahead so mm. no very true Let's tell people i'm a wanderer I've been known to wander. (laughs) Wandering is good. (laughs) So our next question is normally something we ask towards the end of the podcast. And who would you want to have on this podcast? Yeah. I mean, I have tons of people. I feel like at Gary Farrell, our sommelier, Gabe would really like to be on here. He has a very interesting history He worked in service in the U.S. Virgin Islands. He lived there for like six years. Oh, shoot. Mm -hmm. um, He has a cool story, but he also is amazing with food and wine together. And then I would say Louisa, our engagement manager, is fantastic. She does a good job. Um, She's interesting. She lived in Cambodia for eight years selling wine. Oh, shoot. Definitely it's a talk whole to different her perspective about that. Yeah. right there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Off the top of my head, those are the top two, I would say. But um, mm. they would have fun. I would love talking to a sommelier. I mean, I wouldn't be able yeah. to talk the entire drive. But and also, like, Jesse, uh, Gabe worked in Gunlock, too. Oh, no. Uh, yeah <laughs> he knows Luis and joe we got some horror stories no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean just to talk to a sommelier and be like so what do i pair with goat cheese like <laughs> tell me yeah. my man like yeah. <laughs> he knows he knows but he's also really open-minded and cool about yeah. like it doesn't have to be what you think it's gonna be you know like yeah. he's open-minded so. It's not all just a textbook classic pairing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also want to like pick their brain because they have knowledge that I don't have. I'd be like, why do you think so? You know. And this has been another great episode. It's always great coming back here together, mm-hmm. sharing some good wines. I did save a little bit of this Gary Farrell just to see how it opens up. And wow, this is, I mean, you guys chug that, but. <laughs> it was pretty good, man. <laughs> it was I'm pretty not nice bottle. <laughs> I am admiring these aromatics. Mm-hmm. I love when a wine kind of opens up within that first hour, and it's not just so tight. And it's like, like what's the reason why you like something to put your wine in the carafe or whatever? Like, but also like uh, just seeing the wine change every time. Like you either go for another sip or throughout the conversation, it changes. And yeah, I don't know. It's like. Just another experience. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, any uh, last words? Where can the listeners follow you or yeah. see your journey? 
Instagram, Mackenzie Lord. I also have a really cute cat named mm-hmm. Poppy. Oh, shit. Does she Poppy also has IG? an Instagram. Oh, nice. Okay, that's yeah. the page to follow oh, right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poppy Seed underscore the puffball. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. golden. Oh follow her. Yeah. Bushan will follow You her. can follow me if you want, but Poppy is what you want. <laughs> that's, <Yeah>. that's <laughs> I love that. So, oh, my yeah, gosh. Bushan might. Yeah, Bouchon yeah. will follow. Yeah, Bouchon can follow. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to all of you. Oh, so. thank you for coming thank on. You. Yeah, taking your day to you know, drink some nice oh. Gary Farrell landmark vineyards. And yeah, then, I mean, honestly, a lot of these stories have been amazing. It's been a pleasure. So, mm-hmm. um, no, cheers, everybody. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Uh, do we have any wine left, or are we all done? I think we're all done. That's a wrap. That's just for the, yeah, for the mic. More than. Catch us on your local platform, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere podcasts are available on. At ripewithwisdom.com on Instagram. Email us, ripewithwisdom at Gmail, if you have any questions. We can't wait. 2023, hopefully it's a great harvest. Hopefully good luck to everybody out there. Protect your six plants. It's almost cropped over. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Thank you all. And uh, And, we'll uh, see you on the next episode. Get your fall gardens planted now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)